Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Are we recording? Yeah, we're... Yeah, it's what intro is this? fluff. This is... Don't, you don't have to feel like you're on yet. Well, I mean, is it going to be on or not? <laughs> it's re- it's recording. Okay. You can see it. So we can use this if we have to? Don't be or able what's to... going on? What the on? hell was that? I don't know. Are we using this or not? We don't have to use this. What was the beeping? I'm just... It's me. I'm oh. doing stuff over here. What are you doing? Why do you get the beeping? Well, I'm just like... Oh, is this like a little gag? You've been getting a gag ready over the last maybe. four weeks? Yeah. I was just like, we were gone for a while, but now... What is that? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a fun little bit. <laughs> yeah, we were gone. Now we're back. I wish people could see the awkward, like, you looking at your phone, double checking, like, oh, did I turn it off? No, I haven't turned Oh, like an old person trying to figure out how to use it. Yeah, but now we're back. We're back. The boys are back in town. Yeah. Ooh, got the coffee ready. Yeah. Are we, are we, is this on? Are we recording now? Yes, you're gonna, you you're know gonna use that. that you right? can see it. You're going to use it, right? Yeah, I'll use it. I've, God, I was planning that for a long time. That's all I've been doing <laughs> for the last two months. Just sitting around yeah. in a dark room okay. facing a wall. Also. Just, what do I do? Oh, God. Got, well, no, don't tell me you more gifts. There's a gift. God damn. Well, this one's not for me. It's from, uh, oh, it my Gretchen? mom. What's Sexy my, Gretchen? yeah, Gretchen, yeah. It's not wrapped or anything, what? but if you want to. Did she got me a tongue scraper? Yeah. Your mom got me a tongue. Did she, was this on Christmas that she gave this to you to give to me? Yes. Wow. Gretchen, thank you. I'm going to gag like crazy trying to use it. It's got bristles. Yeah. That's how you keep yeah. your tongue clean. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Gretchen. I appreciate that tongue happy, scraper. Happy holidays. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> you know, over the last four weeks, I've made a point of just listening and re-listening to Christmas jars over and over because I missed you, Ben. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> How have you spent your holiday? Uh, what, it's been four weeks? How long has it been? Since we recorded? It's been like more like six weeks, hasn't it? As a, no, maybe. Uh, Mother of Pearl. Christmas jars, we uh, released that on what, Christmas Eve, but we actually recorded it a week before then. I think it's been six or seven weeks. Mother of God. Yeah. That's a long, long time. I, I told myself I was going to read a lot of things I'd want to read mm-hmm. instead of the crap we usually read here. Yeah. Didn't really do that. Nope. I've been kind of lazy. Well, you got family reasons stuff. to be lazy. Yeah. What do you got going on in your I'm life, Ben? Spending a lot of time... Uh, with what? With, with a woman. Wow. How about that? You can relate, though, right? How's your love life going, Glenn? Oh, my girlfriend and I broke up. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's <laughs> well, too it's bad. none of your business. That's probably the last time I get to say that line. I know. You don't have a girlfriend to say it's none of your business yeah. with anymore. And I'm never doing it again. I'm out. I'm out of the game, Ben. Well, at least you have your cats to keep you company. <laughs> well, one died. Oh, no. <laughs> but I got a new job. A new job. Congratulations. Yeah, let's play like we never talked about this. Yeah. Like we didn't just have dinner before this and talk all about this stuff. I got a new job. Wow. I can get away from the creepy, crabby people that I work with. That's and great. And I get to work with uh, new people starting at the end of the month. That's fantastic. They've already got a desk for me to sit at. I don't work from home anymore. Um, and I get to float around there with people that, as I told you earlier, uh, there was a time that if I worked at a company where my team decided to have a potluck, I would be 
really annoyed and bored and think it's stupid and don't want to yeah. be a part of it. Uh-huh. I am so starved for friendly people to work with that this new team says that they do a potluck and I am all in. And can't stop thinking about it when I try to sleep at night. I'm what, really what, uh, what are you going to bring for a dish for this potluck? Well, I can't cook, okay. so I don't know. I think okay. I'm just going to have to go to like a restaurant and there, <laughs> buy a meal and bring was it. Was there like a sign-up sheet for the uh, potluck? There's is going it? to be one, so okay. I'm nervous, Ben. Well, I don't want to mess this up. This is a gentle dance I'm doing. Right but now. a lot of times on those sign-up sheets, like somebody needs to bring uh, a beverage. That's pretty easy. Like or, what, soda? What are yeah, you bring, to bring like I don't know, like a yeah, like a twelve pack of soda and a twelve pack of Lacroix or something. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Or right. sometimes they need uh, plates and utensils. No, that's easy. Is that how this works? I thought you had to bring food every time. Well, I mean, what are you going to? You're just going to eat with your hands. Like you, you need a plate and a fork. Somebody's got to bring that. Sign Isn't up. Person, sign up for that. Doesn't somebody lead this where they bring the plates and fork? Like they make sure everything's called together to create a great. Maybe my experience. last company was just crap, and that's how they did. Pop I was going to say. All right, well, well anyway. I'm going to learn. Or I just but go, I am nervous. I don't want to screw this up. You just go to the store and go to a nice grocery store and get a platter of something, some sort of snack platter. Uh, so, yeah, no cat, no girlfriend. Uh, well, new well, job. One cat. You, one cat. One cat. You the still other have one is, cat. The oldest one is still alive. You had two. Now you have one. I had two. Don't say one. no cat. One okay, cat. All right, fine. Jesus Christ. I have one cat. His name is Sixer with the six toes. Uh, he's tw- he's the oldest. He's 21 years old. Um, Doesn't look a day over 18 if you ask me. He looks pretty good considering how old he is. The yeah, younger one was, you saw her. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't looking great. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, so your cats are supposed to be pretty old and never see them. And I'm not making, this is not a scenario I'm making up. Uh, you were standing in the kitchen doorway saying like, I never see your cats. So they're supposed to be really old. And then Tavy walked in just emaciated and hunched over and you just go, Oh Jesus. <laughs> Cause she looks so bad. Yeah. It was like a famine cat. Yeah. It was something. pretty bad. Know, it was, uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so she, we are she's debating, in a better place now. She is in a better place. We actually and, hired and a person. Which may or may not be this chest sitting next to me. I don't know. Well, we're supposed I'm to a little unclear as to what's in the chest here. I Did can't... you find more pornography in the basement? <laughs> That I've tucked in next to the cat corpse in yeah. the uh, chest over here? No, actually, I don't know what's in that chest. It's my dad's. Okay. It just came with the... I wound up having to store it here, and so... Uh, oh, are we going to open it live on air? I really don't think there's anything in it. It's going to be like when Geraldo went into Al Capone's mm. tomb or whatever that was. Just as deflating and non-eventful? Yeah. Right, let's try it. Here it comes. Oh, wait, is, it, is this some violation of trust? No. Your dad listens to the show. It's empty. Oh, it's literally empty. Just like uh, the Geraldo Rivera thing. Did you know? You knew it was empty. I didn't never actually opened it, so oh. I don't know. Why are you opening it now? Because you asked me to. Oh, well. I thought you wanted to be fun. This is the show's fun. I used to think that. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me and my death and loss of girlfriend, uh, but a, a, a acquisition of a new job. You've got a girlfriend. How's that going? Eh, so far, so good. We're good. Uh, enjoying each other's company. <laughs> is it any of my business? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to let you Probably. own the catchphrase. Yeah. You did say earlier yeah, it's that... Yeah, your business. Stop asking. All right, there you go. You did yeah. say earlier that there's no way that I can be in a relationship while you are also one in the same time. I, that's been the case for how many years now? <laughs> it's true. Because you entered your last relationship right as mine was ending. Yep. And then once mine ended, you scooped yeah. up one of your own. So... Well, I'm out of the game, so you, you're going to marry this woman. Yeah. I will not, I am not going to, I'm out, so you're just, she's all yours. We'll see how it plays out. Nah, I think you can't get rid of her because of the curse, Ben. As long as I stay single, you're going to marry her. 
<laughs> also, if I want to get out of this relationship, I need you to get into one. You need to find me someone. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in this relationship forever if it doesn't go well. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying. What else has been going on? So you saw your family over the holidays. Yeah, good good family time over the holidays. Well, that's good. Hey, you didn't read any books you wanted to read. Hey, I read something. I don't even remember now. <laughs> nice. Because that's what you said, like, I can't wait for a break. Man, I'm just going to read so I much know, stuff. I know, and then I didn't. You said you had a bunch of stuff you wanted to read. I do, and I still do. <laughs> been spending too much time with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did I read? I'm reading one right now that's taking far longer than it should. I can't remember what I read before that. Wow. Well, what's the one you're reading now? Are you not saying it's, it's like adult or the something? The library book by Susan Orlean. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't want to tell you, because <laughs> I, I anticipate your reaction. <laughs> Just going to be, eh, library book. Come on. So I love that. Uh, did you live stream? Oh, I read The Dearly Beloved by Carol Wall. How was that? It was, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about that book, though, are we? No, we're not. No. Should we get into it? I don't know. It sounded like you had something else to say there. Read in Persuasion Nation by Most George of it. Saunders. <laughs> How did you, much did you read, Ben? Uh, well, it's a collection of short stories, and I read yes. all but one of the stories. I, I did not finish the final, or I didn't even start the final story. So yeah, that's fine. I got through the final story and was kind of a. Uh, I liked it. I you know it was, it was very hairy, so it's kind of like, I like I think I'm missing a lot. But one thing is, as we were saying earlier... Did we did we say what the hmm. book was? I uh, just did. In Persuasion Nation by George Saunders. You come back from your break a lot less considerate than you used to be. Uh, Not a good co-host. I miss you. <laughs> so, as we were saying earlier, a uh, little nervous. It's been a while since we've had to sit and have a conversation about something. As you can see, my notes on this are ridiculous. I'm overcompensating. Uh, mine are quite sparse. Yeah, on the basically other hand. a page. I, I guess I didn't get into this. Oh, you didn't like it? Not that much. No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So okay. So we're a little rusty here. So we're concerned about the episode for that reason. <laughs> we're reading a book that wasn't like total shit like we usually read. So that's concerning. Yeah. It's supposed to be good, but hey, I, I didn't, you didn't like it? Not really. I had some. I don't know. Uh, I would agree with you. Well, you can tell me what your thing was. I did notice that. Each story basically had the same theme. And I was like, why is this basically every short story is telling the same point over and over again? And it was basically what satire on consumerism, consumerism. and media, basically. Uh, so One thing, I, I looked this up on Wikipedia. I found out that this is a collection of short stories that have been published in different periodicals like New Yorker. Oh, so it's like a curated collection. Yeah, so it's like somebody collected this all together and it's all got the same theme. So that's why it was driving home one point, story after story. I was like, okay, it's just unfortunate. And I know... Because each story, I think, is well-written and done well. George Saunders is a pretty celebrated essayist and short story writer. And this collection, I know, was, I think, nominated for like a Penn Faulkner Award or something. Oh, was it? Yeah, 
I was kind of taking like, oh, these are just kind of the throwaways. Like, hey, we found these random things you published a long time ago. Let's yeah, put them into a book. no, it seemed to be so it's pretty a well received. And oh. I, it just, I don't know, it just didn't grab me. It <clears throat> was hmm. the stories felt kind of incomplete to me. Like there were just hmm. ideas that weren't definitely fleshed not. out. They're definitely ideas. Yeah. Well, they're short stories, so it's hard to flesh out. I know, but I feel like the I don't know. I did notice that when I was taking notes, my notes were thick and heavy with a ton of detail because in the short story format, it is dense. He's cramming in a lot. So if you miss a sentence that represents something that comes back later, if you miss that sentence, you've missed like a good percentage of the point of the story. Okay. So, so I maybe did, I was trying to read it too quickly and I just missed oh, I don't and didn't appreciate I mean, it. I, I was getting exhausted by halfway through the book. I'm like, oh, it's another consumers and commercials. Yeah. I get it. I, okay. <laughs> I was getting kind of tired yeah. of it. That's why I had to go I look it up and find too, out. Yeah. yeah. First story called I Can Speak. I actually thought this was funny. <clears throat> A sales rep for the company called Kid Love uh, writes to Mrs. Figlia about her complaint of the product I Can Speak, which is a plastic mask you put over your infant's mouth. Yep. Which it will start saying phrases as if it's a grown kid. Yeah. But actually the kid can't speak at all. And, and so the form of the story is, the entirety of the story is the letter from the guy yep. at the company. And you're just, by what he's writing, you're piecing in mm-hmm. what the consumer was complaining about in her letter <laughs> that he's responding to. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, it's this mask that makes it sound like your baby's talking, and mm-hmm. the big misunderstanding here is the person who bought this mask thought it was actually translating the baby... Baby's babble into actual... Into actual words, but it's just... It's just pre-recorded messages. Yeah. <laughs> I loved... I actually really liked the fact that he came up with a name for each part of this baby mask as if it's its own individual technology. So the lips are called simulips. Yeah. <laughs> which I like. And then um, the newer model of the baby mask will actually has lasers that come out near the ears so that it can tell when a child enters the room when it's crawling on its hands and knees so that it can actually say something as it enters a room. And then the guy, the, the uh, sales rep, has his own kid that they called... Love Meister because he's just so sweet. Yeah. And so he would enter the room and go, Stop talking dirty, the Love Meister is here. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. No? Yeah. So <laughs> when I was reading it, this collection of stories, starting with this first one, mm-hmm. for some reason, just the style of writing and a little bit like the type of humor was bringing me back to Bob Honey. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I did not make that connection. That's that, interesting. That was so... Yeah, that I didn't enjoy that. How did it bring... Like, what about Bob Honey just, were you seeing in this? Because, I don't know, part of it is this letter, just the form of it is this letter without any context, and you're, you're filling it in as you go along. Mm-hmm. So it was a little disorienting like that, sure. and I think Bob Honey was that, too. You were supposed to kind of connect the dots yourself, so that... And then just some of the things just... It was this sort of like stream of consciousness writing too. It seemed like the, it was just rambling on paragraphs. This guy talking about the product, but also like interspersing details of his own life in there, and it's just yeah. kind of going back and forth, and it's all muddled together. And it just it I don't was, know. It like, I don't know. I, th- I felt like it walked you through. Like if there's a kind of like a point to the story, like a beginning, middle, and end of how this whole thing plays out, I feel like the letter walked you through that. 
Yeah, that, that's it was the just like the style of right, not necessarily the structure of the story, but just the style of the writing within. The style of the writing is more conversational because he's like just sort of firing off this letter during his lunch break. Yeah, that's supposed to be the deal. And he's basically so. The point of this is that this woman wants to return the mask. She's not happy with it, and the guy's trying to talk her into taking the newer model. And he talks about his own child and how they use it. <clears throat> but then um, at the end, he admits that he. If she returns it, he has to give money back to his supervisor. Yeah. And that this would be like the millionth time he's had to do that, so he's not doing very well at this job. Then he hints at how he's had a pretty rough life up until this job opportunity, and him and his wife can actually plan a future. And please just don't return the mask, and I'll personally come give you a new mask and blah, 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 blah. So I guess what I liked about this story was that the concept of a mask you put on your baby's face so that as it's walking around, it says hilarious things is dehumanizing you connecting with your actual child. Um, but in the letter, he's desperately trying to get Mrs. Figlia to connect with him to not return the mask. Like, have empathy with me and please just keep the mask. Uh, otherwise, it'll ruin this chance at a good life my wife and I can have. But he's selling a product that completely removes your connection to the baby. I was kind of impressed with that a little bit. Yeah. Like, it was sort of like... Which is a big theme with all these, which in the first story I liked and I got exhausted by halfway through, which is in a world where things are dehumanized, human beings still try to connect with each other. And that's kind of what keeps happening in all these stories. And this would be the first one. And I thought it was clever how it was done the first one, but I got exhausted later. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. And like, I just would have preferred one one. A lot of it, I know you never read or finished Infinite Jest. No, yeah, I didn't. But a lot of the same themes were in that book, and oh. like that was a 1,200-page thing, but sure, I found this almost more tedious than that. <laughs> oh, you didn't like this at all? I don't know. I, no, I really, it didn't wow. do much for me. I don't well, know. I tried. I know. All right, so that's I Can right. Speak. Next one is the flamboyant grandson, basically a grandson who uh, the basically lost his parents, is living with his grandparents, and uh, so they're taking care of him. They notice that he is reclusive, doesn't have a lot of friends, seems to love musicals, just yeah. kind of this idea of maybe someone who might grow up to be gay someday. And the grandpa, instead of judging him or oppressing him or doing it, he tries to embrace it by taking him to the musical Babar in the big city uh, to make his grandson happy. Yeah. Uh, trying to embrace what he loves versus fighting it. Um, but then he goes up against this future world where as you go through the city... You are bombarded by advertisements that are 3D holograms, and they're all and based they're, on... Like, targeted at you. They're targeted, yeah. That, and yeah. they're targeted because you're wearing an anklet that denotes who you are, how old you are, where you lived, your life experiences, so that all yeah. these ads are literally playing, like, old actors from your youth, that, from a movie you liked. And th- so it's targeted advertising. The thing is, is that uh, he winds up... His feet wind up hurting, or you don't he, you don't want to run afoul of the ad people. That was the whole thing, and yeah. so he winds up having to take off his shoes or whatever, and the anklet comes off, and what was called a oh a citizen helper. <clears throat> so it's yeah. kind of Orwellian. You have a citizen helper come up saying, "Why don't you have your anklet on?" And uh, aren't you patriotic? And it's these ads which you know help our country. Blah blah blah. Um, and are you patriotic or not? And so then he's like, I've just, my feet hurt and I just want to take this off. And so he winds up, he has to run from the citizen helper to try to get the ticket for his grandson. And another person out there trips the citizen helper that's chasing him. And they're able to get to the theater and see a bar and all this stuff. And then the kid winds up being happier. He's not like 
being so dejected around kids and he's a little bit more outgoing and he likes to perform in the backyard doing his own plays. So in the end, it's his happy message. But he does have to pay $1,000 for a fee for not wearing his anklet. And that's yeah. the whole point of the story. So, again, the commercialism, but still humanity existing in a world of oppressive yeah. consumerism. Yeah, that's nice. I'd like 13 more stories about that, please. And that's exactly what you got when you okay. get to the story of John, okay. which was long. This one was... Again, if I just read uh, any, yeah, if I just read any one of these on its own and never read another one afterwards, I'd be like, "Oh, that was pretty good." Yeah, but and this one, I yeah, I kind of like this one. Well, it's because it's it longer was, form; it's more fleshed out. Yeah, probably. So. But it was a nice little love story. Uh, do you want to talk about it, Ben? Well, John, uh, he's a chronic masturbator, just like everyone else <laughs> in this. They're asked to masturbate. Yeah, they have their own privacy tents. Anyway, it turns out he's in this big, uh, what's it called, some sort of um, institution for assessing ads, basically. They're a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Like this big institution. They're kind of treated like real world in a way. Where like people know Yeah, they're they like are. celebrities. There's like yeah. trading cards with these kids on them. But yeah. they're, they basically watch ads all day long and... And fill up forms and on yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> like so they're like the tastemakers. They're the, mm-hmm. the trendsetters or whatever. Um... But they're taught how to masturbate <laughs> at some point in their youth. Because they, they spend their whole lives here. Their parents have, like, sold them into this yeah. institute. Yep. And uh, the kids start, like, cooking up and getting each other pregnant. Which and... they do not try to prevent at all. No. Like, they're they're actually okay with it. Because if you hook up with someone and you get someone pregnant, you get a double privacy tent for you and yeah. your spouse and the future baby. Well, then they did try to prevent it. They put up bars between the boys and the girls. But Oh, I missed that part. Well, because, oh, I thought you were the one who was... Reading very closely because you don't want to miss a sentence that might. Uh, well, apparently I missed a sentence and I missed okay. a giant part of the story. I just talked yeah. about that, Ben. Okay. Ben, you're only reinforcing what I already said earlier. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, go on. So, anyway, um, <laughs> John gets. What's his. Carolyn? Was that his girlfriend's name? Yes, Carolyn. Yeah, he gets her pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out they can leave this place or not, like prisoners there. They're discouraged from leaving, but all they have to do is ask for the exit paper, paperwork, and they can leave. Yeah, and where do they um, go? It's but like they this have so. Area. But part of it, they have these like implants in their neck. Yes, wherever that like reads their thoughts. Yeah, and so part of the exit process is you have to have that removed. And it's just and a it giant gaping you, hole in your neck. Yeah, and it leaves your brain kind of broken for like two years, apparently, mm-hmm. and then but then you eventually recover <clears> from <throat> it. And yeah, so it's this thing where these kids are kind of half slave kids watching ads but they can leave if they want to but they're discouraged from leaving yeah by the higher ups because you know these kids are valuable assets but then there's like the one guy what's his name Sempler I'm not sure the one guy he did kind of encourage them John to leave because yeah they see the effects of having this thing he shows removed from his head and it's like oh that doesn't look pleasant I'll just keep doing this living the this cush life here. Yeah, it's f- slipping. 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 I thought it was flipping. He, slipping. Was, he got drunk one night. Yeah. And uh, made John uncomfortable. But thanks to, that's one thing I liked is there was enough stuff dropped in here that I think made it, peppered it and made it interesting was they have religion and it's just called religion. Yeah. And so his, the, so when like he. It, like it's a brand. Like yeah. So religion. when you go to religion, religion tells you that if you feel uncomfortable, you should just tell the person you're uncomfortable. So that's when John, or when flipping, slipping, slipping. showed up drunk. He made sure to tell him, I am uncomfortable because religion tells you that. So there's like those kind of things peppered in. Yeah. Um, there's also that if he's ever stressed out or unhappy, he can play a memory reel of his mother 
but they influence the memory reel, and he doesn't realize that. So it's this idealized version of his mother telling him, hey, you don't have to leave. You well, can it's not even, this out. It's not even a version of his mother. It's just a stock mother yeah. that they implanted in him because mm-hmm. his real mother... Well, they show that later when yeah, Slippin gets drunk and shows him the real footage of his mother who's like super like trashy a and a just meth addict or yeah. something and the dad's not around. That's why she sold her, yeah. her baby boy. Yeah, and she wasn't nice at all and she didn't yeah. care. Yeah. And uh, they even, like in this footage, shows him as an infant, like yeah. crawling all dirty on the floor and stuff. And so, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of those things in there. There's also a lot of things that I thought was interesting, like how when he's with Carolyn... She starts to want to leave, and his first thought was, it's the human aspect of living in this kind of environment, which is, he makes a connection of, for him, advertisement is like art, and it's how you express yourself, and so he's like, how do I tell her how much I love her, how do I tell her, how do I express myself around her if I don't have the ads to watch to quote to her? So one of the ideas being like, thankfully I watched the ad about the guy who doesn't get to take Advil and he goes to hell and then the devil won't give him Advil for the headache he has while he's in hell because that's exactly how I feel about leaving this environment with the baby. So he's like, he gets to tell her that and she's like, yeah, I see your point. (laughs) So so it's, I always, I thought that stuff was uh, a little overplayed as we reach, uh, read more and more stories. But if you read this on its own, you'd be like, oh, it's pretty creative. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think in general, what I was off put by, I think George Saunders is, Obviously a very good writer. Mm-hmm. And he's funny, I guess. But mm-hmm. God, he fucking knows it, doesn't he? <laughs> that's what you came away with? Yeah, I think you so. smug son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah, I think that's exactly what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. This is a guy that um, I went to art school, and I went to school with a lot of people that as they create some painting or some digital interactive thing, yeah, they made something pretty clever, and they knew it was clever. And they yeah. were pretty pleased with themselves. So I think I kind of get the I, vibe you're talking about. Yeah, he's talented, but <clears throat> everyone's been telling him he's talented all his life. And yeah. he fucking likes being talented. Yeah, I think, and, you're, you know, except for Lincoln and the Bardo, he had only ever written short stories and refused to do anything different. So people always like that. Like, this is his format. This yeah. is how he expresses himself. And you're right. It's kind of the smugness. Which like, is, I don't need to write a whole story. Yeah. <laughs> My short know. stories just, are good enough. And I don't know. Like, I like reading something written by a talented writer but uh-huh. it just comes through a little bit too much I think is yeah like, well, I don't know I, I just, can see your point I don't yeah. know if I totally agree with it but I can see it I think again if you read like I don't know I'm not going to go back and read 10th of December but I do remember it being pretty good and also showy so yeah. I kind of get the same vibe you're talking about I think if I read any one of these all by itself I'd be like oh it's pretty good yeah, that was part of this. The, the whole collection, collection of them is, is, yeah. And so, yeah, just got repetitive. <clears throat> Next one, my amendment is basically just that anti gay marriage gets passed. And then this person is writing into whoever the author of the new amendment preventing gay marriage in the Constitution. He's writing to that person saying, hey, you should take it a step farther because any woman that's too masculine, yeah. whether it's just their voice or their physical shape or their personality being more dominant, doesn't that count as near same sex, whatever? Yeah. And that's, I didn't like that one at all. I mean, it was just. It was very short. So that was <clears throat> it was nice. very short. It was just a letter making this point. It's like, ah, I get it. Yeah. That Around that point, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get tired. Yeah. <laughs> so the red bow, good on its own. 
illustrates, uh, it's the story of a little girl wearing a red bow gets killed by wild, they're not wild dogs, by people's dogs. That rabid, may, but they're rabid. They might have rabies, yeah. So then it's just the story of a level of entitlement by the parents of the girl who died, demanding that everyone puts down their dogs. Uh, every animal is suspect, even cats and other things. If any animal seems like it might have rabies, it's got to be removed. But then the people that own these pets fight back because they love their animals, that they don't just want to do the knee-jerk, I support the family. And that's kind of it. And so by the end of yeah. it, there's like, there's just this community supporters are killing animals all over the place and everyone's wearing a t-shirt and that's kind of the point. So yep. I did like the one part where as the family tips over from generally genuinely being sad to taking advantage of a level of entitlement that tipping point was represented in the mom sitting down with Microsoft Word to get a what was it, like a picture of her daughter at like a school play and then she superimposed another picture of her daughter like school photo or something and then like like made this like basically this really crappy flyer to put up all over town and just put up on Facebook and I'm like yeah that's exactly what people do like yeah. super schmaltzy <laughs> like and so that that was kind of perfectly represented um, of this like horrible homemade photo montage of a daughter but then they start doing things like staging red bows like well this is her red bow that she died in but it wasn't the yeah. same one it was a brand new one that they got uh, from the store somewhere and, and there was another new one yeah and they're so, like slightly improved like bigger and redder yeah exactly um so that was kind of it the whole point of that the the community in support of this girl dying just kind of gets out of hand which is what you see happen a lot in real life and whatever yeah. Christmas yeah the original title was Christmas in Chicago, 1984. Uh, they dropped the N-word in this one. That was my note. Yeah, oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know if I made a note about that. Because he's so edgy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's in the 80s in uh, Chicago. He's a roofer, so a little more uh, hard-edged kind of people uh, with language. Yeah. Uh, and basically just the life. It's basically. I actually equated this with you and me. It's the life that this guy led as a roofer, and he wasn't any good at it, but he had to do it for the money because he had a family. Uh, didn't his wife and him live in separate apartments to, for tax reasons or something? There was some. Yeah, one of the, yeah, they had fourteen children, and did they? They got more welfare or something. They lived in separate apartments, oh, something like go. that. So he's working as a roofer, and he's not any good at it. So he has to go to this Christmas party with the roofing company, and uh, they're all gambling and getting really, really drunk. And so he's trying to make himself be a good gambler to get some sort of level of respect with his coworkers because he really sucks at doing roofing. And um, he sucks at gambling, too. Uh, and then it's just a lot of conversation around that. And, you know, if he's, again, humanity in a bad environment. He would try to come up with poems about the city of Chicago while he's working on roofs and stuff. And him trying to express himself to some level. And then in the end, he winds up getting a better job as a museum curator for, like, learning about dinosaurs. He had to, like, learn all about dinosaurs so that he could be this, like, museum guy. Well, no, did that actually happen? That was him daydreaming. I didn't think oh, that was even actually happened. I thought that's what I happened. I thought he end. was trying to do that, and then that never, I don't remember. I, I'll I be honest, he, I was not really I very closely by this point. I swear he gets a job because he has to learn a lot about dinosaurs and he's looking back at his time as a roofer with kind of a love and hate, which is what I imagine you and I do on a regular basis. About, I mean, I know I do. But our time with the dry cleaners. Yeah. We didn't catch a goddamn word I said, did you? Dry cleaners. <laughs> the we, story, story, uh, we, we, we finally reminisce about the dry cleaners. Yeah, we love and hate it. 
What are you looking up? Yeah, I imagine myself. Oh, that so he's all, still yeah. standing rougher? But sometimes I imagine myself standing at that payphone. Talking to his job wait, placement person? Oh, wait, wait a second. Yeah. He runs a store that supports a family, but he's daydreaming about... Oh, then the, I missed the all that. The museum thing, yeah. All right, well... That was all him imagining it. <clears throat> Next up, Adams. This is where shit gets really confusing. I uh, yeah, Adams. It starts to get abstract, and the last story in this book wonk. is super abstract. Bonk, wonk. Or wonk. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wonk. So a man, I forget his first name. His last name is Adams. Will just show up in his house in his underwear and stand in it's, his children's doorway and staring at them. It's basically neighbors having affairs with each other's wives. Is, is that, that what's going on? I think so. And so then he would beat the crap out of well, this guy. Wonk. Wonk. Yeah. Wonk is the word we use for. Beating the crap out of people. Apparently, in this in this book. Yeah. He uh, would wonk the guy in the back of the head. Yeah. So he goes to that guy's house and wonks him. But then yeah. the guy goes, well, now we're even because you Because I fucked your too. wife or something. But he's like, you you fucked my wife. Yeah. And so then it's like, now we're even. And then he kept saying the line over and over again, like, well, you know, I, I am who I am, which would drive him crazy, and you'd yeah. walk him on the head again. Yeah. Um, he walked like him on the head from the kids. He wonk him on the head in front of the wife. Yeah. Uh, he wound up wonking the wife by accident. Uh, just goes on and on and on. Um, he wonked one of the kids really hard. He did. And so then I was wondering, like, is something supernatural happening where one guy just shows up? Because this guy's wife said, well, he showed up at the house in his underwear in front of the kids. So if we ever see him, we got to make sure the kids stay in their room. We're going to lock the doors. And I was like, oh, is this like some supernatural thing where a guy just suddenly appears in the house? But apparently yeah, not. I don't think so. Uh, they're sleeping with each other. Yeah, then he burns his house down. Yeah, so it just basically it's the psychology of the psychological buildup of are, no one's really the music? good guy. No, it's fine, man. The buildup of no one's really the good guy, but one yeah. person gets more paranoid. So the person that's doing all the wonking, he waits until Adam's whole family is out of the house and he goes in and he starts trying to remove all of weapons that he thinks that this yeah. guy will use against him. Then he thinks, oh, what if he poisons me or poisons my kids? So then he sneaks in the house looking to get all the like chemicals out of the chemicals. house. This guy had a lot of chemicals, too. Apparently. He had a whole sack of them. He's getting ready to leave and Adam's whole family shows up. So yeah. then they all get in a fight and in the end he decides they to start burn the house down. Yeah. They're all wonking each other. Like yeah. And he realizes these kids and this family are going to kill me. So he lights the bag of chemicals on fire and that's the end of the story. Yep. So again. What does it all mean, Glenn? Who's good, who's bad? It's all about how humans react in situations. So that's the millionth story about that in this book. <laughs> uh, next up. <laughs> Earlier, you seemed almost offended. I didn't like this book. But now, no, I, I mean. Your annoyance with it is coming through. So. Well, yeah, it is coming through a little bit. I did, on my own as I was reading it, just being like, I'm getting pretty tired of. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why I said I had to look on Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's just unfortunate they collected up a bunch of similar stories. Yeah. And published it, and we decided to get that one. Yeah, because well, I think I wonder if we read what, something else. We'd have like uh, you'd have a better opinion. You, maybe you Who picked knows? it. I know I picked it, but <laughs> if I would have got something else, another collection, I wonder if your opinion mm. would be any different. Yeah, maybe you should have done the research beforehand. Yeah, you're a son of a gun. Yeah, I'll wonk you. <laughs> group of monkeys are given a drug uh, in nine three nine nine zero. Yeah. A group of monkeys are given a drug that makes them slowly insane and neurotic and die of different reasons. Not even slowly, pretty quickly, depending on the dose. Yeah, it depends on the dose. But uh, so what they do is they talk about the symptoms, 
and how they eventually have to get it killed. Then they talk about the next subject, the symptoms it develops, and how they have to basically put it down. Then they do the next one, the next one. Yeah, they Final, all have the same symptoms. They all get put down, except for one. One does really, really, really well. Resistant. And he does, he's resistant, he does well, and then they're just like, so that was success, and then they put him down. Yeah, they had to destroy him anyway. And, yeah. So why? We don't know. Yeah. What was the purpose of the experiment? We're never going to know. Nope. That one bugged me. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Brad, Brad Corrigan, American. American. Uh, this this one, was really annoying. This one was really abstract. And yeah. by the time we got to this one, I was just like banging my head. It's like, oh my God. Kind of similar to the next one though. Yes. Uh, basically, the idea being that beings are like the Sims. They're created to live in a physical home for the purpose of being like reality TV. TV. Show, yeah. yeah, a TV show. So the thing is, these beings know they're in a TV show and they know that they have to be entertaining. And if they're not in their ratings slip, they're basically going to get reprocessed and they're kind of turned into goop and come back as new people, but they don't know anything about their past identity. Uh, and so they're trying to adapt and survive to get the ratings up. So there's all this abstract stuff like the wife winds up cheating then, on the husband. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, the humor in this show, too, is really lowest common to not do a lot of, like, fart jokes and stuff. Yeah, and he... Which he, I he ref- get the point he's trying to make in writing this, but it was still annoying to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was reflecting on how my wife and I used to have real conversations about real things, but now all we do is talk about sex and fart jokes. Yeah. And they have a puppet for a I, dog and, instead of a real dog. Yeah, and I get it. I get the commentary here, but mm-hmm. it was just... Well, yeah, Stupid. and again, it's the know, idea. Like it. Again, it's the idea of even in this bizarre environment with the bizarre rules about how they exist, they still have this sort of human wanting. Guess, yeah, you know, like in his instead of it being like me and my wife uh, used to be really close and have whatever, but now all we do is just argue and talk about bills. Well, for them, it's fart and poop jokes, and she's cheating on him with a guy who's literally like a Native American, but he's got yeah. red hair. Uh-huh. And uh, then uh, uh, they wind changed. up getting a. He winds up seeing his wife cheating on him with the chief uh, because they are doing a sideshow kind of crossover called You've Been Fucked. Yeah. Where she's or having totally sex with the chief. Or, yeah. You're totally fucked. That's what yeah. it was. And, uh, but the, the, the thing is they have a thin piece of cellophane uh, on their privates to prevent them from actually having sex. Yeah. And they repeat that like nine times, which I actually kind of laughed at. Because they're like, we have a thin piece of uh, yeah, cellophane. Uh, there's a membrane here. But, yeah. yeah, the thin membrane of cellophane. But they just kept saying it over and over. Yeah. And something about the, the, the art of repetition made me start cracking up after yeah. a while. Because it's like, okay, this is getting laborious, but it's kind of funny at the okay. same time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, the puppet dog winds up getting a level of despair because they keep making jokes about how he can't poop because he's got a hand up his ass. Yeah. And so he tries to kill himself. Yeah. But he can't die. No. So then when he's finally like back and walking around and he's in pain because his privates have been, he tried to take off his own privates or something uh-huh. uh, and hang himself. He did. Uh, but then they wind up just making jokes about like, yeah. what are you sad because you got a hand up your ass? And so he's just, and then he, he winds up going to the main character who is Brad saying, I've always advocated for you. I've always been on your side. And he goes, what do you mean? And so yeah. basically what's happening is behind the scenes, he's getting pushed out because he's no fun. Yeah. He's getting ridden off the show. He's getting ridden off the show. The backyard randomly for no reason keeps changing. Yeah. That was, so it was like pyramids of Egypt one day, something else, something different the next day. And so suddenly there's a bunch of corpses from some country having uh, some sort of 
conflict or whatever. So there's these corpses, but they can talk. And so Brad finds himself pitying them and trying to care for them, which makes him less fun on the show. So that's when the chief and his wife keep saying, can you just be more fun? Yeah, don't forget about the AIDS babies. There was AIDS babies? Yeah, that one I was like, okay. But anyways, so <laughs> then... Um, but then it goes on. Uh, yeah. Oh, it goes on. Oh, it goes, it goes on, on and on. And on. You can see my notes yeah, here. We yeah, we don't need to go over all these No, I know. There's the grandparents involved. Jesus. What did you take? Oh, I know, because I'm just like, I'm... Good uh, Lord. So in the end, um, I'm starting to dislike this now the more we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> At first I thought, like, well, this is better than anything else we've read. Yeah. But also, yeah, you're right. It's getting a little I, tedious. I, I think it's almost easier just to read something that's just blatantly bad. Well, at least Whereas this one is This was a higher caliber yeah, of annoyance. I know. I think. Yeah. Like it not is that it was more annoying, it was just like a little bit highbrow that yeah. would annoy us. I know. At least it was a little more clever, a little more challenging. Um yeah. The grandparents and stuff, they all show up. Uh they have corn growing in their living room for no reason. Yeah. Everything's getting really weird and abstract uh-huh. and it made this story really hard to follow. But in the end, all the characters on the show are have got new roles. The grandparents have what's called like interesting plastic surgeries, where they have, like an arm coming out of their yep. head. Well, I mean, it's there's a vagina on the guy's forehead for some yeah. reason. Just extra weird. boobs everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But then they decide. So Brad's getting written off the show, and he's getting hauled away in a van. And the van becomes an all-white space that eventually just kind of morphs you into nothing, and then you yeah. you come out as a new then, character for a different show somewhere else. Yeah. But before that, they said, well, when Brad's gone, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a big barbecue. And then the dog says, can I... This part cracked me up. The dog says, well, can I bring my my dog friends? And then they go, yeah, do your dog friends have butts? Yeah. And then the dog goes, yes, my dog friends have butts. And like, no, no, no. We're, we're just asking because, like, we got no kind of food to feed them. We've yeah. got a giant gaping hole, you know, and whatever. And he's like, all right. And then the dog just kind of walks off. <laughs> that cracked me up. That they never uh, stop uh, harassing him. But then uh, then Brad winds up becoming just kind of a big blob of jelly, and that's the end of his life. Yep. He spends the last few moments of his life repeating his name over and over because he wants to remember who he once was. Which is the same theme over and over again, but yes, there was that. Yeah. Persuasion Nation. This one it's was just... like ads, like, come to life and, like, fighting. Well, it's the world of ads. Yeah. Like... It's- Tulpas. And the elements of ads fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is what would happen if tulpas were real. Do you know what a tulpa is, Ben? Please tell me, Glenn. Uh, a tulpa is the concept of if you and I made up a character, we called him Phil. Okay. And we thought about all the details of Phil's physical shape, and we thought about what his life was like, and what he likes for books, and what his favorite color is, and we went through all of that. On some spiritual plane, Phil will suddenly be it would actually exist. Okay. So the idea of every god that was ever thought of actually really does exist somewhere. Okay. And they're still floating around out there. So where this, where does this this concept is come from? The idea being, where oh, I don't know where it comes from. It's just no. I've heard of it. It's okay. like a weird New Agey thing, or okay. maybe it's some old religious. I'm just I don't curious. know. Okay. It's just something I've heard of. Uh, so this is kind of that idea that. A commercial is made, and then those characters in that commercial have to live out that existence over and over and over forever and ever. And so they get tired of it. So all these commercials are super hyper-violent. So the idea that there's a a candy bar called the Snap-A-Whack Bar, which has certain ingredients, and then in the commercial, an orange says... What are your vitamin C levels? And then the Snap-A-Whack bar like, says... Fuck you, I got plenty yeah, of vitamin C. Yeah, exactly. Mind your own business. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So in the end, the Snap-A-Whack bar hits him. The orange falls into a garbage can where it's like a bunch of angry Coke cans stare at him. And that's the end of the commercial. 
so eventually the orange gets fed up with it and yeah. all these other commercial characters that are getting like a polar bear that keeps getting an axe in his head because he wants to eat Cheetos. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of yeah, other things. Don't steal the Eskimos Cheetos. Yeah. Just keep the father Eskimo will put an axe around your goddamn skull. Yeah. Uh, so they keep doing that and um, in the end uh, they all rise up against their oppressors which is the other characters that yeah. are doing the, the violence. Um, but then the snap of whack bar who gets broken up he's never really alive as a physical thing so a piece of him a corner of him survives. And then he realizes the pointlessness of their existence and prays to whatever God might exist to help him understand. And then that God gives him the power to be kind of like a demigod. So then he goes around, as these other characters are rising up, he goes around and resets them. So all they care about is redoing the commercials they've always been doing. And one that escapes is a polar bear who's got the the axe in his head, the snap a whack bar piece comes up and says, I know what you're thinking. I am your God. Go back to doing your work. Uh, these vignettes we all live in, you doing your job in the vignette perfectly is your existence as a point of your life. Yeah. If you don't do it well, then you're not, you're not righteous or holy. So then the polar bear goes back to getting an axe in his head, but he notices that the Eskimo that's putting an axe in his head kind of has some regret in yeah. his eyes. And, uh, then the polar bear decides to kill himself. And at the last minute he realizes that, Glowing piece of snack a whack bar is not really God, and if I can recognize that that's he, not God, then there must this be a God. Realization while he's in the air because he oh yeah cause tried to kill, to kill himself, himself by yeah. jumping off a cliff. Yep, sorry, I missed that part. So he realizes this in midair, and then when he lands, he realizes he can't die. Yeah, he can't die. And he then, just kind of bounces off the ground. And then how did that end? Is he just like, yeah? There were some penguins there. But then what? Then they just, they just think he's they just think he's insane, and that's the end of the story. No, they just go back to doing their thing, just reenacting these ads over and over again, right? Yeah, they do. I guess that's like the that's whole point. All of it. it is, yeah. Bohemians. The next yeah. story, uh, Bohemians actually is the same message of people's changing <laughs> opinions and yep. humanity trying to express itself in weird conditions, but without all the commercialism stuff. So this is just a community of people. There's two women from some Eastern European from country. From, like, the Czech, Czechoslovakia yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Mr. Pat- Mrs. Patoli and Mrs. Hoffelinski. I don't know. Um, Mrs. Patoli is crabby and mean with a thick accent, and no one really likes her or understands her. Mrs. H is just way nicer and talks about, you know, being God, or, you know, God's a nice Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And both these women supposedly lived through the Holocaust. Was it the Holocaust? I think so. Okay. Because um, I think this... I didn't know if it was some made-up war or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was the Holocaust. Um, so basically, there's that. The kids, there's a little girl who call, who's called Raccoon because of the bags under her eyes because her parents always argue all the time she can't sleep. Uh, kids can be so cruel. Kids are cruel. There's Eddie, Eddie Vacant. Uh, he's a guy with uh, some... Developmental disability? Yeah. And um, kids always make fun of him. He's not the brightest kid in the world. And... Uh, but he winds up going to Mrs. P, the crabby Eastern European lady, uh, asking her for money because he wants to have a party. And she keeps saying, get off my porch. And he won't get off the porch, so he uh, she winds up calling the cops. And for some reason, there's a new batch of cops that don't really know the neighborhood. And they drag him off and put him in juvie hall. Yeah, because it's in Chicago in the 60s. And oh, okay. the kid is black and the cops are... Oh, is he? I missed that altogether. Yeah, well, I think so. Well, I think Dumb, dumb, Glenn. Right. Um, so they, so then he finally comes back and he's lived an incredibly horrible life in Juvie Hall, uh, where he's yeah. For, well, it was only like three months, but 
But he's got like he did his not face come out of it looking good. Yeah, yeah, his face is all busted up. Um, he talks about how he was forced to touch himself in front of the guards or whatever, uh, and while they watch, just a bunch of scary, horrible things. So suddenly the kids are nicer to him, and that's kind of the theme of the rest of this story. You're judged one way, but then you're judged another if something you know uh, yeah. gives you enough empathy. And that winds up happening with Mrs. P versus Mrs. H because the main narrator of the story. Um, has to stay at Mrs. P's house while the parents go off on a cruise. On a cruise, because they're trying to save their troubled marriage. Yep. And so they, he says, why can't I stay at Mrs. H's house? And he's like, nah, you'll stay with uh, Mrs. P because she's way better. And he's like, but I hate her. Um, so then he is a bedwetter, and he has night terrors. And so it turns out Mrs. P is super uh, sympathetic and very nice. You wet the bed lately, Glenn? My cat was wetting the bed like crazy <laughs> before she died. Okay. That's the reason why I spent three days cleaning my house. Yeah, it smells good now, though. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. glad you got to go up there and you got to tell me I actually got rid of the smell. Yeah, I think you did. So, anyways, he empathizes with her, and she says that Mrs. H actually has never been to my country. She uh, grew up in America, and she's faking an accent. Yep. And so, in the end, uh, not only have they changed their opinions on the boy, now they change their opinions on Mrs. H. Because uh, they realize that she's always been lying. She got kicked out of a job where she stole money. She made up this accent and this whole backstory. And that's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's one more story, but I didn't read it. Com, com. Uh, <laughs> the beginning makes no sense to me oh. at all. Okay. Uh, it's Comcom is some sort of military installation or something. Okay. And they have this problem where they were killing beavers, and uh, for whatever reason, they were getting in the way of the organization. And then they had this bad press where everyone wanted to have them stop. So then that was kind of a thing for a while that got dropped. The main narrator of the story is a guy whose parents got killed at his house uh, by being shot. And you never know why. But then he says that they keep reliving their murder over and over and over again in his house. And they keep doing weird things like floating to the ceiling or spinning around inside of his couch. So for the first half of this, I had no idea what was going on. I'm All like, right. so his parents are dead or is this another fantasy thing where it makes sense later why they're... Uh, but in the end, they're just ghosts and they're haunting the house and they're forced to relive their death moments every night and they just do weird, bizarre shit. When it rains, they float to the ceiling face up and just stay there until it stops raining and then they drop back down. I'm having a hard time following this story. I know. It makes no sense. He works with two guys. One is hyper-religious and his name is Gif and the other one is just this crabby, angry person. And is I it Gif or Jif? It's Gif. I actually thought that too. Then... Uh, the angry, the other angry coworker keeps finding body parts outside the office, and they really stink. And uh, people were saying, "Hey, our office really smells like something's rotten, like an animal died behind the wall." But it turns out that this angry guy has been hiding the body parts in the walls. And he's like, "We got to get rid of these, and you got to help me get rid of them." And he goes, "Well, where'd these body parts come from?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just found them out back." But you know, it's who cares now? They died a long time ago, and all this kind of stuff. So that was going on for a while, and then Gif, the religious guy, um, finally discovered it and was like, well, you have to show respect to these, the, these corpses and tell the police. And then the angry co-worker's like, I don't want to tell the police, and I hate you, you religious guy, you always bug me all the time. Then later, uh, angry guy kills Gif and tells the narrator, hey, you got to help me hide his body. And he's like, I'm not going to help you. And so then Gif tries to kill him, 
So then he runs back into his house where his ghost parents are. But now Gif is there as a naked, beautiful, shining ghost. And Gif says, I'm going to help release your parents so they don't stay here forever. And he's going to come kill you next. And I'm here to help take you to heaven. And so then he does get killed next by the angry guy busting in through his window and killing him with a crowbar. And then it's a lot of pages of them floating up through the sky. <laughs> this one pissed me off. Okay. I was like, I had to cram that in before I dropped off my kid and, you know, you came yeah. over. And I'm just like, I'm burnt out at this point okay. now. So that one made even less sense than all the rest. Okay, so we're done with George Saunders. We're done with short George stories. Thing. Oh, forever? Yeah, book boys. Probably. This is not a book boys thing. This? Well, we're not giving it a thumbs up. I'm not endorsing <laughs> this work. No. I endorse the one I read before this. Okay. That made me think, oh, he's pretty good. All right. I thought short stories would be easy for us. Yeah. Well, but, it, yeah, no, it's good. We're we're trying different things, so. We are trying different things. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. What, so, are we, what are we trying next? You want to overall give your opinion about this book? I didn't enjoy it. Okay. I don't know. It was just, it was repetitive. It was, I got, I got it. Was, uh, it. I get it, but repetitive. it was whatever. I don't know. Overall, where would you rank this between, uh, between Bob Honey and uh, the Golden Compass? On the spectrum. If The Golden Compass was 10 and Bob Honey was 1. Or what do you think's the worst book? That we've read? Yeah. Like the most frustrating, you just hate every minute of it. God, I mean, there's so many for so many different reasons. There's Bob Honey. Steve Harvey was infuriating. Yeah. Like the Morrissey one, that was incomprehensible. Yeah, maybe that's number one for me. Like lowest, yeah. like, you know, from 1 to 10, 10 being better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to think that uh, Morrissey was definitely number one. Bob Honey's number two. Yeah. For me. But where would you rank this? this? I don't know. I mean, it's... What would it you think is the best book we've read? Fine. The one I've enjoyed, though, probably The Golden Compass. I enjoyed that Okay, so most. we'll put that at number 10. So where are you going to rank this one? Five, four, seven? Probably more seven or something. Yeah, yeah that, I'm thinking like an enough. eight. Yeah. For me, it's kind of an eight. It's not the best thing I've ever read, but it's... Uh, I mean, it's probably the only other thing that's like above a five. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. And when I say Golden Compass, I'm referring to the trilogy as a whole, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm sort of thinking the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of the same boat. I'm gonna kind of give it like a seven or an eight. It's better than Twilight. Way better than Twilight. Do yeah, it was definitely far more well written. But unfortunately, you know, if the book boys become a thing, maybe he can put that on the uh, hmm. on the dust jacket of what the newest edition of this collection is. I mean, better than Twilight, <laughs> according to the book boys. Right next to whatever the Washington Post had to say about. Yeah, this, exactly. Or, or whatever. The effusive like the... praise from Esquire magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just comes a quote from uh, Ben at the Book Boys. Well, yeah. it's not Bob Honey, so <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Uh, yeah, so for me, it was just unfortunate that it's a collection of stories written along different timelines that have nothing to do with each other, and they all got put together, and they all have the same message over and over again. Why didn't someone think to parse that out? So that was unfortunate. Yeah. But like I keep saying over and over, Read individually, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty pretty clever. Yeah, there was some decent story. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah. I got sick of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's all right. It's not quite my style of 
writing either that they enjoy. I don't know. It just yeah. wasn't. We have to read something else now. I know. What are we going to read? I don't know read? what. I don't know. I'll have to think about that, I guess. Well, this one's in your shoes. Could go for another bad book, or yeah. do you want to outdo my attempt at finding a book we like? I don't know. Also, I'll... listening to this afterwards is reading a book that we like boring and not uh, not any fun. We'll find out after okay. I edit this. Um, I mean, are you open to anything? I'm open to I anything. Have, I have total free reign here. What if it's choice? short and weird? Yeah, total free reign. Am I, am I asking you if it, hey, do you want to read this, or am I just telling you, hey, we're reading this? No, you just tell me. Okay. You just pick it and we go. But what if we did choose your own adventure? I've we talked about, about the too. choices yeah. we made. <laughs> would we, now, if we did that, would we, like, read it live on the show and just... No. We'll get and sued. talk about it as we're, well, not, like, reading out loud, but just reading it silently. Silently to ourselves, <laughs> and then like kind of talking about it, because that's a quick read. Those are are they short pages with large? T- yeah, I remember them being kind of wordy. I think I might. Yeah, you have remember one. that you're you're seven though. No, I was as a, as I wound up getting one. I, I have a choose your own adventure in my house that I found at a library used section or whatever okay. for like twenty five cents. Sure, and I was like, oh, this is you know ten years ago. I'm like, oh, funny. That's like I remember this one, so I got it. And I'm like, maybe I should sit down and read this. And I'm like, I'm surprised at how wordy this is, considering okay. that it's for kids. Like, I guess in the 80s, you read a lot more. Because now you'd never yeah. make kids sit down and read this much before you made a choice. Gotcha. So, I don't know. It's kind of 50-50. You'd have All to right. see. I'm just going to see what happens when I get to the bookstore. Yeah, you play around a little bit. Yeah. Get inside that space. Explore that space, Ben. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's our first show in... Six weeks. Uh, six, eight weeks. I don't know. Six, eight weeks. Yeah. We'll see if it's a dud. <laughs> it might be. But you know, we're here we are. That's all that matters. Here we are. That we're matters, doing man. it. This is for us. Yeah, man. we're doing it. What the fuck have you done lately? We're doing it. We're here doing it. <laughs> what about you, listener? Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. Certainly not reaching out to us with any questions. Yeah. Though I don't make it clear anywhere how to contact us. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you have any questions. No, don't, because we've gone this long without any feedback, and I don't need it now. Drop us a line. We'll bring it up on the show. Don't even drop us a line, because I don't even need it. Use the uh, (laughs) voice memo app on your phone. and uh, The what? Oh, voice? Don't send a voice memo to us. Yeah, send it. We'll we'll put you on air, and then we'll talk about you. Imagine the voice of the person that actually would do that and send it to us. Well, I can easily imagine it, because most of the people who listen are acquaintances of mine. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Sorry. So all you're doing is you're basically telling one of your friends, hey, uh, Steve, could you just send us a voice memo? Really, that'd be really appreciated. I don't want it, though. We don't need yeah. that kind of feedback. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're an island of entertainment on our own without the need of feedback. Uh, write a review on Apple Music, if you would. We got a couple. Yeah. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, we want to get that ranking up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Book boys! Mm. All right, we're ending there.